excitement about what God's doing. I know you can feel the heat as well. That's just God cooking up something absolutely amazing. God is, God is with us this year. I've, I've been meditating on this over the holiday period that God's primary objective is to build a people here on earth with whom he can dwell. That from the beginning of time, he had this dream that he would create an earth in which there would be a people who would be completely his, dedicated to his purposes, loving him, expanding his vision and his values, and that he would come to dwell among them. And all of the Bible and all of history is orientated towards this, that there would be a time that God would dwell on earth in his people and through his people. And that's us. That's the church, the body of Christ on earth today, that we are, the, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the presence of God to the world. We are the place that God dwells. We are the place through which God invades the world to build his kingdom and bring his rule and reign on earth. Amen. You're a, you're a royal priesthood, a glorious, glorious people called out for such a time as this. Amen. Lord, I just pray for each and every person here that you would come and pour out your spirit in greater measure, Lord God. As we share around the word, would you just ignite hearts with your faith? Would you uh, fill us with more of the understanding of who you are, what you are, what you are doing, Lord God? Father God, I pray for every person here that they would leave with greater faith in you, a greater understanding of what you're doing on the earth today, a greater understanding and a greater ability to cooperate with you, to work with you, to see those things come to pass, Lord God, our dreams enmeshed in your dreams, Lord God, us doing the works of God on earth today. Amen and amen. So it's so great to have you back after Christmas. This fast comes at a really great time. After that Christmas dinner, you know, all I could think of is, you know, how can, how can I lose weight? Oh, well, oh, now I remember it's the fast coming up. That's not the reason I, that we do it, but I am so grateful. I am so grateful that we have this time to just seek the Lord. And, you know, personally for me, it's been such an incredible time of just feeling His presence, drawing close to Him, knowing Him more. So if you haven't fasted at all, I'm going to ask you to consider doing a couple of days in the next couple of weeks. If you are an experienced faster, why don't you just go for it the whole time and enjoy God and get to know Him better. Amen. So we are going to be moving on to our sermon series called Great Faith because we do sincerely believe that this is a year of great faith. We believe this is a year of great exploits. We believe this is the year that, that you and God stand together facing your challenges and you indeed see mountains move. You see transformation. You see change. You see the, the new that you've been longing for. You see the, the results of your prayers and your, your faith over the years. And we believe that this is the year, 2019, when God moves through us, with us, and on our behalf. Amen. I believe that for every year, I have to be honest, but I, I also believe it for this year, and I believe that, that you are going to see things this year that will astound you and amaze you and bless you. If you have um, lived any length of time on this earth, I feel like there, is, there, there has been a moment for you when your faith has been tested. I, you know, some of you are laughing, saying, just a moment, gosh, there was, there was that moment when it wasn't tested. 
And I, you know, perhaps, perhaps you have stood up at work for your faith. You've, you've shared something with a friend. You've done something and, you know, the people have ridiculed you or they've, they've rejected you. Or they've rejected your message. Or perhaps, you know, you've been passed over for a promotion at work because of your Christian faith. Because, you know, maybe you needed to work on a Sunday and you chose not to. I don't know. Some, you know, in some way your faith was challenged. In some way, you know, you believed God for something. You, you stepped out and it didn't happen the way you expected. And you had to go back and you had to say, what is faith? Who is God? How, how do I actually live out this Christianity that I'm a part of? And I think it is so important that as we begin this year, we examine that and we say, God, you know, it, it's true that over the years, my faith has been challenged. And there have been there's a temptation in my heart not to believe you again. There's a temptation in my heart not to do it again, not to step out the boat again, not to, not to try again. And I guess the Spirit of God is speaking to every heart this morning and say, let's do it again. Yeah. Let's step out. Let's try. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's, let's do these exploits one more time. And that's the call of Him calling you back to faith. You know, it might surprise you, but there were many people in the Bible whose faith was challenged. Many people in the Bible, their faith was challenged. I think the story of the Bibles is the story of real, ordinary people with the same doubts and fears and idols and insecurities as us being called by this glorious, incredible God and Him speaking a vision that is so big and them saying, gosh, can that actually be true? And them trying to do it and then failing and Him coming next to them and saying, okay, I know you failed, but don't worry, let's stand up, let's do it again. And it's this continual walk of God building a people. And so when we read the Bible, we can find our stories there. We can find enmeshed in the stories of the heroes. We can find our lives. We can find our struggles. We can find the difficulties we face. We can find the same grace that they found from God. As he steps into our lives and he picks us up and says, well done for trying. Let's give it another shot. Yeah, how about this? Try it this way. Let's do it this way. So one of the people that certainly faced it was a group of Hebrew Christians. They had been Jewish. They had converted to Christianity in the first century. They were probably living in Rome. And they had faced some very difficult things. They had been mocked and ridiculed for their faith. Some of them had been jailed for their faith. Some of them had even had their property confiscated for their faith. And they perhaps started the year thinking, wow, the things I, I, w- I wanted that I was believing for didn't come to pass. This, this thing is harder than I imagined. And perhaps their faith was a bit bruised. And then one of their leaders sat down and wrote them a letter. You can read it as the letter to the Hebrews in your New Testament. And he wrote them a letter and he began to tell them about the surpassing glory of Jesus. How magnificent and incredible he was. What he, had, he reminded them of what Jesus had done and the incredible victory he had won. And that, that nothing was impossible. That, that he speaks worlds into existence with his voice. That he is the, the exact representation of God's glory. That he is magnificent, incredible, worth sacrificing for. And that he will do what he's promised. 
And we pick up the story in Hebrews 11 and we read what that writer was saying to these people. I don't know why it's not changing. Oh, it is changing. It's not changing here. That's interesting. Okay, fantastic. It's not changing on my phone. I don't know why that is. Do you mind if I just do this again? Excuse me. Fantastic. There we go. So Hebrews 11 from verse 1 to 3, it says this. Him writing to them, he says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made of what was visible. In essence, he's saying, don't forget your faith. And this is what faith is. This is what faith is. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is having a deep-seated assurance that God will be God, that God is as good as he said he is, that God will do what he says he will do. Faith is, the, is being sure, having the assurance of what we hope for. Now, what's interesting, how they, how they pronounce this, how they translate this in the NIV is, is that faith is being sure of what we hope for. But in other translations, they actually translate it a little bit differently because that word that they translate as being sure of is actually the word hypostasis, which sounds like some kind of chemical term. All Greek words sound like a chemical term. I don't know why, because maybe it's because chemistry has got so many Greek words in it. But this, this particular word is an interesting word. It literally means the substance, the actual essence of the thing. And so some of you in your Bibles will have that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Maybe you even remember it like that, and I actually love it in that version. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What does that mean? That means that when faith sparks in your heart, you have it. That thing that you were exercising faith in, it's there. It's like the reality of that thing happens the instant you believe. I'll give you an example. I was... Many years ago, driving home from the shops, I one young child in the car, so I, I still thought I was fantastic. By the time I had three children, I realized that I was just a flawed, ordinary human being because raising children is tougher than you think. But anyway, so I, I had this, I, I'm driving home from the shops, and um, I got, God says to me, I, we being um, pastors and missionaries most of our ministry life, there was always a time when we were believing for some, some kind of financial breakthrough of some kind. So I'm driving and I'm, I'm praying, I'm asking God for finances for something in particular, which I don't, I don't remember what it was. And I felt like the Spirit of God say this to me. Um, I will give you 400 Rand on Sunday. And you know, I felt at that moment something happened in my heart. It was like, it was like I saw myself standing at a crossroad. And I knew that I could either just reject that as a figment of my imagination or say, oh, well, we'll see. Or I could say, yes, I believe that. And you know, in my heart, this scripture came to mind that faith is the substance of things hoped for. I knew that depending on which path I took, would determine the outcome I was going to get. I knew that if 
I said yes to God. I believe for this impossible thing. I knew that there would be 400 rand at church some way on Sunday. Well, luckily I chose that path. <laughs> and there it was. Came to church on Sunday when the offering had been taken up and Asha came to me and said, oh, this is an unusual thing. Someone put this check for 400 rand in the offer offering addressed to you. Here it is. I just don't know if God wrote that check the minute I stepped on that path. But there's something about when you partner with God and you believe what he says, it becomes a reality. And you know, I, I wonder if I hadn't chosen that, if God would have just given that 400 rand for someone else. You know, I, I feel like he's a generous and good God, but, I, but even if that 400 rand had come to me, there wouldn't have been that same joy. That wouldn't have been that same life. So I understand there's something in the scripture that, that as we believe it, it actually pulls heavenly reality into our earthly sphere. Now, I know where your mind's going. Really, I do. You're saying, are you saying that I can just wake up this tomorrow morning and I can say, Lord, yes. I say yes to that yellow Lamborghini. <laughs> I'm stepping on that path. And then I can walk out of my house and there it will be. And you know, you laugh, but you know, I've heard people preach that. No, really, I've, I've heard it espoused usually to, to people who don't have a lot of money. And it usually goes with just give me all that you have and it will be a reality. But clearly, that's not what this scripture means because otherwise we'd all be in Hawaii right now on the beach with one of those pineapple drinks and a Lamborghini parked in the parking place. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you know, there would be other things happening. But when we look at this scripture, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Now you have to remember this. This was written to a people. This is not just some abstract letter. There were people receiving this going through something. They were hoping for something. And this writer wasn't just saying, you know, uh, that Lamborghini, I don't know what they had in those days, that, that purebred, beautiful stallion. I'm not, I'm not sure what they had that they, that they coveted in those days. But he was saying that thing you hope for, not just all the things, the things that we've been talking about, that particular thing that we've been striving for, believing for, that has been our hope, that we've been dreaming about, that we've been running after, that thing, that thing. When you believe, you will have it. So we have to ask ourselves a very obvious question. What were they hoping for? What was that thing that, that if you hope for it and you believe you're going to have it, you will have it? What is that thing? So we can read back just a few verses before this in Hebrews 10. It says this. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. 
when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. So this thing that they're hoping for is something he has promised. And then it goes on, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. This group of Jewish Christians had heard the promises of the ages. From the beginning of the writings of their faith, there had been a promise from God that at some stage, God would stand on this earth and God would bring his kingdom, that all of creation would bow before him, that the pain and the heartache of the abused child would be removed, the injustice of the impressed people would be removed, that the the pain and the difficulty of broken relationships would be taken up out, that people wouldn't live in poverty, they wouldn't live in desperation, but that in fact, over all the earth, there would be this kind of beauty and majesty of God's presence, of everything in order, of everything right. And there was this hope in their heart that as they preached the gospel, as they went out and shared what Jesus was doing, that this very thing would come and that, that Jesus through his church would stand on the earth and actually at one stage would literally stand on the earth and all of creation would be in its right order and all of blessing and life would be evident in the arenas that families would be whole, that communities would be vibrant and exciting and alive and and filled with goodness and peace and justice. And the wild thing about this is that the scripture, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, is this man saying to these people, What you have believed for is God's plan. Do not throw away your confidence. Though you're looking around you and people are being thrown in jail, though things aren't happening the way you expect it to, there is a God who is working a plan and he will not stop. He's saying this this very dream that is in God's heart that, that will be ultimately brought to pass when Jesus comes again and stands on the earth and and declares injustice gone who when he destroys death finally, sickness, disease, when Jesus finally stands here, it'll be consummated in that. But he's saying this, that reality that you hope for, you can bring it into your sphere of influence now by believing. He's saying that faith isn't about a, a, a strange era somewhere in the future. Faith is about bringing the reality of God's victory into your circumstances now. Now, you might say that's wild and that's incredible. You don't know what's around me. You don't know my boss. You don't know the breakdown in my family. You don't know my children. I'm here to tell you that God's promises are true that God is unfailing, that his power is beyond recognition, that, that you, the, the dreams you have for your environment have paled in comparison to the dreams he has for you. Yeah. Some of your prayers that haven't been answered, the reason they haven't been answered is because you asked too small and God says, I can't give her that. I want this for her. I want so much more. And, and there's something about faith, believing that there is a good and powerful God that wants to invade your environment, impact your environment in such a way that things are transformed, that pulls that reality yeah. down to earth now. 
that pulls it out of a spiritual reality into an earthly existence. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You persecuted people, you people whose faith has been challenged, do not forget that as you believe, you create a new reality around you. As you believe that God is as good as he says he is, as you believe that God will do what he says he'll, he'll do, as you stand up and speak the truth, as you love like I love, as you serve like I serve, as you unwaveringly declare the truth of Jesus in your environment, you will see what I have promised. You will see the hope that you have longed for come to pass. Thank you, Lord. Later on in the same chapter, it says this, that Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And I wanted to put that in there because sometimes we, we, we can feel, I don't know if you do, but sometimes I do, that God, I want, I want change in South Africa. I want change in the world. I, I want no more human trafficking. I want corruption ended. I want our schools great. And I can think of these great big promises, but also there's something in my heart that just wants a good marriage with my husband. Not bad. <laughs> you know, these, these big global problems, yes, God, come and change them, but there's also something about, you know, I just want my children to serve the Lord. You know, I, I want my car not to break down again. <laughs> you know, I want a job. And I want my job to be a place of peace and harmony. I want to, I want to feel significant there. Yeah. And you know, there are these huge, big global problems, but there's also a personal reality that I need God in. Right. You know, that, that person that you, that's been just a terrible conflict with, I need that resolved. I need to pay the school fees next week. Lord, there's, there's more than just you invading the, the giant cosmos and bringing your will in all these big and glorious ways. Lord, I need you here now. I need to see the reality of this here. And I guess this is also in the promise, is that he rewards those who diligently seek him. That, that his promises are not just to end world poverty. I sound like a Miss Universe contest. <laughs> it's not just world peace. That, that, his, that his promises are also peace in your home, peace in your heart, fulfillment in your life. Confidence in your life. Fear vanquished. Sin and disease vanquished in your life. Yes, he is interested in helping you get over that cold. You know, it's, it's as, it is as minute as that and as large as you can imagine. But ultimately, I guess, through all of this, I want you to understand this important truth. That faith is hope in a person, not in an outcome. <laughs> Do you like my one-man fan base? You know, I'm just, uh, just really doing well here. <laughs> you, can, you can sign up to join him anytime. 
faith is hope in a person, not in an outcome. Because I cannot tell you how many times I have believed for the, the equivalent of a yellow Lamborghini. No, I've never, because I just you know, can't, don't know what I would do with a Lamborghini. I just don't know where I'd park it, and I'd be too scared to go fast. I'd drive it at 40 k's an hour around the corners. You know, it would be a disaster. But, you know, I believe for something that if I'm honest with you, it's just all about me. You know what I'm saying? It's just all about, I just want to be comfortable and I don't want to have any problems and I don't want to actually have to face this world and interface with the world. You know, just give me a nice penthouse on a beautiful mountain with everything I need and just people bringing me food and I just don't have to ever cook, think, whatever, you know. You know, I, I have never believed for that, but now that I think about it, it's quite a good thing. But, you know, I believe for, for something like that, and I didn't get it. And then, you know, if you have this view of faith that, that God is somehow just this um, vending machine, that I put my prayer in, ching, 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 pull the handle, and prrr, out it comes. If you have your view of God like that, you know, you can get disappointed a lot. You know, I, I asked for Cheetos, or I asked for Fritos and big, or big corn bites, not for um, Simba chips. You know, God, you're not giving me what I want. Kind of this vending machine idea of God. And I, and I think that sometimes faith degenerates to that. That my, my faith is in a certain outcome where I will be comfortable. I won't face any challenges. You know, that there will be um, no, nothing for me to ever pray about really again because everything will just be fine and lovely. And if my faith is in that, we were all going to be disappointed. Because the truth is we're in a war. And that there is this giant and enormous and incredible and wonderful kingdom coming. But it's coming by invading this world. It's displacing some things that are not wonderful and great and lovely. And there's this interface between good and evil that we stand on the edge of. And, and we, our prayers are bringing in a reality. Of course there's a war. Of course there's conflict. Of course there's difficulty. And if our faith is in this beautiful, sweet, lovely outcome, we will be disappointed. Because our faith is not in a particular outcome. Our faith is in a person. Our faith is in the fact that God is with us. That, that our prayers are calling in the presence of God. Our faith, is, our faith is calling in a reality that comes as God comes to reside in your world. His promises ride on the back of his presence. You don't get the kingdom without getting the king. That's right. And when you get the king, you get all of his kingdom. Yeah. If we go back to our original scripture, it says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we, we do not see. I've spoken about this. This is what the ancients were commended for. And then it goes on and it says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made of what was visible. Why this is so very interesting for me is that right after this, this injunction that believe God, trust God, Think like God thinks. Pull down his promises and they'll become a reality. There's this, this line about, 
about faith being, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. At the, at the foundation of this faith is the understanding that God is a creator God. That once there was nothing and now there is something. That God doesn't even need everything in the right place in your life to make it good. That he creates out of nothing. At the foundation of our faith is this, that it's really not so much about me, but about a God who can do anything. I cannot tell you how many times I've stood before a person in extreme pain with great physical problems. I remember the first time I saw it, standing in front of a man with a withered arm and him saying, I want my arm to work again. And me looking at that arm and saying, there is no way that that arm can work again. There is no way. And then I had to remind myself, God doesn't need a working arm to create a working arm. God doesn't even need an arm there to create an arm. There was nothing there before that arm existed. He can do it again. And I remember standing there and just not putting my eyes on that arm, but putting my eyes on Jesus and saying, Jesus, you're the God who created this universe out of nothing by just speaking. And as I'm praying, I just see tears rolling down his face. And then I turn and look at his arm and I just see his arm unraveling and growing into a full and functional arm. Why? Because we serve a God who created this world out of nothing. At his command, um, universes formed. At his command, you were brought to, to, to be. That life, the essence of life comes as he speaks. And he can do and say what he wants to do and say. And when he does, it becomes a reality. There's an important point there that by faith we understand. I think this is really important because I know many people that say, when I understand, I'll believe. When you can prove it to me, I'll believe. At university, I heard this a lot. Prove to me that God exists and then I'll believe in him. You can't know that God exists until you believe that he exists and then it's obvious. And here's the wild thing, is that your belief system always informs what you understand. If you believe there is no God, you will see no God everywhere. If you believe there is a God, you will see a God everywhere. And here's a challenge that God gives to us, is that stop waiting to understand in order to believe. Believe and you will understand. Believe and it will inform your mind and it will show you things in a different way and you will understand. Maybe a sub-point to this is that trust enlightens our minds to truth. When we trust God, suddenly truth becomes available to us and we see things like we've never seen it before. What is interesting is in, in this chapter, chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, there are 22 by faiths. By faith we understand by faith, Abel offered to God. By faith, Noah constructed an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac. By faith, Isaac invoked blessings. By faith, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. By faith, um, Joseph gave directions. By faith, Moses... I'm not going to read it all because I'm, it's just too much. You got it. You got it. 22 of them. 
this is really like the hall of fame of faith of the Bible. And what's so great about it is, is that this writer is catching God's heart to say that when faith is in your heart, you will do exploits that no one has ever seen. That there is a kind of people that will believe in this creator God who will partner with him for his hope on this earth. And those kind of people will have a confidence inside of them. And they will be the kind of people like Noah who against society will build an ark. They'll be the kind of people like Noah who will get up and move to a new place for the sake of the kingdom. They will be the, Abraham, sorry, <laughs> Abraham. They will be a, the kind of people like Moses who stand before that Red Sea and say, part in Jesus' name. They will be those kind of people. And I don't know who you are, but my, my suspicion <laughs> is that you are those kind of people, that you want to be those kind of people. That there is a confidence that comes in knowing there is a God backing you. There is a God behind you. That you are, you're with a powerful God that allows us to act. By faith we act. What did it take for a man like Abraham to forsake everything and walk to a new land? What did it take for a man like Noah to look at the despicable world around him and say, I will believe God and I will do something that has never been done before? What did it take for a man like Isaac to sow his small amount of grain that he had in a famine and say, there's a God out there who can do the impossible. My, my plants don't grow because there's rain. My plants grow because God says... What does it take to be that kind of person? What did it take for them? It took an unswerving, be unswerving belief, an unwavering belief in a God who is able to do what he says, a God who says and it comes to pass, a God who is with us, a God who has a dream for good, to prosper and bless the world, a God who's wanting to bring about change and transformation in your family, in your communities, in the society. What will it take for South Africa to stand as a jewel in this earth? It will take a people who will say yes to God and his dream, who will forsake their dreams, who instead of praying for the yellow Lamborghini will be praying for the family next door to come to know Jesus, will be praying for their boss to come to know Jesus, who will be praying for new innovative ideas to do the same thing in a way that brings glory to God. It will take a people who unswervingly stand by their convictions, a people who unswervingly stand by the truth that God is good and God is powerful. Confidence in, confidence in God creates kingdom achievements. When we're confident in a God who is with us, we are able to do great exploits. And finally, in conclusion, faith is hope in a person, not hope in an outcome. By faith we understand, and by faith we act. Lord, Lord, I want to thank you for each person here. You know, I felt very clearly God instruct me during worship that, that I was to pray for you for a gift of faith. I know I've prayed this on other occasions for you, but... I, I feel like God wants to deposit a supernatural ability to believe beyond what you've believed before. 
A supernatural ability to see the promises of God in a way you haven't seen them before. A supernatural ability to do the exploits of the kingdom in ways that you have not done them before. A supernatural ability to love people like you haven't loved them before. A supernatural ability to see things the way God sees them. So Father... So if you feel like you would like a gift of faith, just more faith in your life, please just raise your hands because I, I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to ask. I want to ask. Lord, your Bible promises such a thing as a gift of faith. Lord God, it says you give us faith. So every one of us have faith already. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like they don't have faith. But Lord, we want that supernatural gift, that download, that ability to believe despite our circumstances, those, that ability to believe despite what's going on around us, that, that faith that will pull a new reality into our environments, that faith that will stand before a sick person and say, no, you're healed in Jesus' name, that kind of faith that will stand in front of a person who doesn't know Jesus and say, come with me, let me show you a God who's real, a, that kind of faith who will stand in front of impossible work situations and say, there is a solution. God, show me. That kind of faith that will stand in front of broken relationships and say, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Lord God, I just pray right now for every person here. Lord God, those that are facing financial difficulties, I just speak right now a gift of faith that will pull financial provision into those environments. I pray for those facing relational breakdown. I pray for that gift of faith that will pull peace and tranquility and a transformed heart into their lives, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, just for a download, a download of faith in everyone's heart. Lord God, would you banish fear? Would you banish small thinking? Would you banish small-mindedness? Lord God, would you banish that in us, Lord God? Would you make us the Abrahams, Noahs, Moses, Josephs of our era, Lord God? Would history write of us, that was the generation that changed everything. That was the generation that believed. That was the generation that believed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen.